We're in a series called Serve, and before we get into that, I want to personally thank all of those that came out yesterday. We had our largest crowd ever as we joined over 300 art churches around the nation for one day designated to reach into our communities. And we had a huge number of people meet here yesterday morning and got their red shirt, I serve shirts on. And we went through all of our community here, and a big part of it. We had teams in hospitals. We had teams at the sheriff's office, at the police station. We had teams at uh, um, homeless shelters uh, helping. We had teams cutting lawns and doing lawns for elderly people and people that were sick. And, and I say, let's give a hands up to our folks that went out and served yesterday. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing witness. And we're already getting uh, feedback from people that were assisted yesterday through our serve team. And we want you to know those seeds you sown are already bearing fruit. And we say thank you for everybody that was able to come out. And we know everybody can't be here at that, but we thank you for those that were able to come out. We're in a series right now that we want to continue on, fits right into that, and it's called Serve. All right, serve. So get your notes out. Do have notes again this Sunday. Back, We're going to get you back on your fix, all right? And uh, I still had folks say, you could have still gave notes last week. And I said, no, I couldn't. It was just one of them from the heart messages, all right? But here they are again, okay? All right, let's get right to our text. James chapter 2, we're using it throughout the entire month on this series called Serve. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. And, and as Pastor Brad shared in the very first Sunday when he talked about this in this text, we're not using the faith in a sense of faith to perform miracles or faith to perform a certain deed or whatever. He's talking about our faith in Christ as our Savior and us as believers and Christians. And so if you're a Christian here today, he's referring to that kind of faith that I put my faith in Jesus to become the Redeemer of my life, and now I'm going to follow him and give him my life as a Christian. He's saying that faith without works following it is dead. So if I'm not out there serving God with works, I need to come back and really look at my faith and my Christianity. And that's really what he's saying. And so I want us to look at this today because serve means to act as a servant, but here's what I want to talk about today. It means to provide with a regular or continuous supply of something. To provide with a regular or continuous supply of something. And I want to talk threefold today. Number one, how do we serve God? How do we serve the kingdom? And then how do we serve mankind? Because if they're not in that order, they don't work. But how do we serve God? How do we as Christians supposed to serve God? Number one, we serve God with our worship. We serve God with our Worship. John the Revelator put it like this when he's giving us the vision in the book of Revelation. He said, I saw them, and before his throne was this mass, and they were bowing down before him, crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he said, They're doing it day and night without ceasing. They're bowing before the throne, bowing before the king, crying out, Holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What are they doing? They're worshiping him in a continuous, nonstop 
action of worship, and that's what serving is, is a continual, regular, nonstop flow of action, and they're continually worshiping him. And can I tell you, if that's what we're going to be doing in heaven, a big part of it, continually, how many knows we ought to be practicing that while we're here on earth? And we serve God through our worship. And that's not just a a 20, 25-minute worship service here. That should be something that's continually and regularly coming out of us because what we do on Sunday morning should be a corporate gathering of what we're doing every day in our lives as worshipers of Jesus. And so when Jesus made that so clear that worship is such a vital part of our Christian journey that we should be daily, continually giving God our worship. He even went as far as giving us seven phrases in the Hebrew language to let us know how he wanted us to worship him. I'm gonna go through them very quickly. They're in your notes. Number one, he tells us that that we are to kneel or bow down. The, The word barak, it means to kneel or bow. In Psalms 95, come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And let me just say here before I get into all of these that we have a variety, as we talked about last Sunday, one of the blessings of this church is the diversity that God has given us. And with different cultures come different styles and different methods and different ways of worship. And then you add that, the diversity of religions and backgrounds that we come from here. We've got people that came out of the charismatic movement and they're all about, ooh, and we've got folks that came out of the Pentecostal movement and they're gonna do this. I don't care what song we sing. All right, we've got folks here that come out of Catholicism and they're gonna do this and wonder why the rest of us are crazy right now, you know? And, and so there's this whole diversity of people and what I want you to do is just start with wherever you are. Just be you. Don't feel any pressure to worship any certain way as far as because someone else is doing it. But I do wanna share with you today what Jesus said he's looking for in our worship. And wherever you're at, just let God begin to challenge you and motivate you into a new realm of worship that is going to take you into a deeper and a closer relationship with Jesus. If you like the energy, don't calm down for those that hadn't got there yet. And if you're the one that hadn't got there yet and you're real quiet, don't be intimidated by those that are a little loud and more energy. Just worship God where you are. But he said, I want it continually from you. And so the first word is to, to kneel or to bow. And then he said, Hallel, I want you to praise, to make a show or rave about, to be clamorously foolish about your adoration to God. And, and that's when you just get lost in it, man. And you're just giving God everything you've got. You ever been there? And I mean, it's just like some, usually that's out of a desperation. And, and we're just desperately going after God. And then number three, there's uh, shakat, which means to lay prostrate, to bow down, to lay flat. That's where the presence of God just comes so deep and so real in our life that, that you just want to lay in for his presence. You just want to get before him and bow down low before him and acknowledge that he's God. And then there's Teilil, which is to sing a new song, a spontaneous praise, glorifying God in song, that that there's just a continual praise of song and worship. And we experienced that the first Wednesday night here as we just went into a continual praise and worship. Man, the glory of the Lord just filled this house and and ministry began to pour into people's lives. And, And that can happen anywhere, anytime. You see what I'm saying? That this should be a continual thing. Praise and worship should not be a Sunday morning experience. 
This should be something that we experience every day in our life. This is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to offer up my praise and my adoration to him. He's been too good for me not to praise him today. He's too faithful for me not to praise him today. He's been the healer of my body. He's been the redeemer of my soul. He's the comforter of my troubled life in times of trial. He's the best friend I've ever had that's closer than the brother that I could ever seek for. He's that one who will never forsake us or leave us. He's the one that's going to walk us through the journeys and the trials of our life. He deserves our worship and praise every day of our life. And as we continually offer this up to him, what are we doing? We're serving him because we serve him with our worship. Toda is an extension of our hand, our adoration, a sacrifice, a praise, or thanksgiving. Yoda is to hold out the hand, to throw away, continual extending of hands and praise and thanksgiving. It means to clap, to shout with a voice of joy. Psalmist said, oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with a voice of joy. And then there's lastly, Zamar, which means to celebrate in song and music. And, and that's what we do here every Sunday. And when you put all those together, what is God saying? When you come together in your worship and praise, that ought to be a place. There's so much adoration and worship going on that our first service, the first person we serve here on Sunday morning is not you or I, is we're serving the king that we're giving God the best worship, the best praise that we can give him. And that's why when worship's going on, can you imagine God in heaven when someone that he's provided for all week long, taking care of all week long, and worship's going on, and he looks down out of heaven, they're going, hmm. God's like, really? Really? Now, if you're quiet, you'll get there the other place eventually. I mean, you come into this atmosphere, you may be brand new, and you may be like this today, but just give it a little while and stay around, and you'll get to here. And, and just keep, you know, holding the TV, got the TV, you know, and then all of a sudden it'll come up here. And before you'll know it, you'll be in the room with us. And then before you know it, you'll be just going crazy with the rest of us, all right? And they'll label you crazy with the rest of the crew, all right? But I'm just saying, just come in and give God the very best you can give him, but it shouldn't just be on Sunday morning. I serve God Sunday through Saturday and start over again on Sunday through Saturday that you were to be having these same experiences at a red light and you can't even hardly see because the presence of God has got a hold of your life on your job, on your lunch break. You're worshiping because you're worshipers of Jesus. We serve him through our worship and we serve the kingdom, we serve the kingdom with our gifts. We serve God with our worship. But then as God real, we realize that God's number one in our life, that God is the, the number one issue of our life, that God has changed our life. He's poured into our life and he's changed us and we just wanna worship him. Let me just say today, where your mind is the most is what you worship. That was worth coming to church for right there. I could take up an offer now and say, you heard a message, all right? What you think about the most is what you worship. And I'm involved in a whole lot of things during the day, but I'm gonna tell you something. My mind's on him more than it's on anything I'm involved in today. You'll be thanking him at a red light. You'll be thanking him at the bank. You'll be thanking him in the grocery store. There'll be a song in your heart somewhere. There's a thought coming because Jesus is the best thing ever happened in my life. And I'm a worshiper of him continually. But then when I become that worshiper, then I go to the next level because this can't happen without worship to Jesus first. 
is I come to the next level and now I want to know how, how do I serve the kingdom? How many glad you're part of a kingdom that's bigger than you? It's called the church. And I'm going to say this right now. The church has been, is, and always will be the only answer to society and its issues and problems. It's the church of Jesus Christ. We're trying to get Washington and government and everybody else to fix the ills of our society. They're spiritual, and they can only be resolved by the church becoming the true church of Jesus Christ upon the earth. And we're going to be a part of that. Yes, we are. And so how do I serve the kingdom? Number one, I serve the kingdom with my talents and my passions. Our talents and our passions. Matthew, it says again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his wealth to them, and one he gave five bags, and another he gave two bags, and another he gave one bag. And I love this, why? Each according to his Ability. God's never going to ask from you what he hasn't already equipped you through gifts to do. And the Bible says that we serve the kingdom with our gifts, and that starts off with our talents and our passions because everyone in this room right now, God has placed gifts within us. And he shares a story of how this owner came and he took three of his people and he gave one five talents and one two talents and another one one talent and he told them, I want you to go out and use these to bless. I want them to be gifts that you're gonna use and go out and bless other people. And the one with five talents, he went out and he used the gifts that he had been given and they doubled and he had 10. And the one that had two, he went out and used his gifts. He didn't stand before God and go, well, you gave him five and gave me two, that's not fair. He just went and used what God had given him according to his ability, God gave him, and he doubled his to four. But the one that only had one gift given to him, he didn't do so well. He, he went and dug a hole and buried his and hid it. And then when it come time to come back before the master, the one that had the five doubled to 10, he blessed him. And the one that had the, the two and doubled to four, he blessed him. But the one who had the one and buried it, he cursed him and said, depart, you no longer are part of this kingdom. The question today is, what are you and I doing with the gifts that God has placed within us? Because within every one of us in this room today are gifts that God has placed there, and God wants to know, what are you doing with those gifts? Are you sowing those gifts into the lives of other people to make transformation and impact take place? And you see, when you connect with your spiritual gifts, number one, you're going to be good at it because it's going to fit. And that's what 301 tonight, if you go, I don't even know what mine are, come out tonight, and before you leave tonight, you'll know what they are. Because we're gonna help you identify those spiritual gifts through our growth track. But once you identify those spiritual gifts that are within you, some of you it's music, some of you it's serving, some of you it's, it's men, some of you it's women, some of you it's children, some of you it's babies, some of you it's technology, some of you it's parking car. Whatever that gift within you it is, God says, whenever you identify that gift, you're gonna be good at it because it's a gift that I place within you and it's a special talent that you have. It's gonna fit who you are. Some of you thank God today that you're not working with children and we don't want you to. Some of us thank God we're not school teachers cause we'd get fired the first day cause we'd smack somebody. Some of us, we're, we're, we're hands-on, we're construction guys, and we want to work. We're not, we're not the people person, we're the skill person. 
And every one of us have a different gift. And the, the way we serve God is with our worship, but the way we serve the kingdom is identifying those gifts that God has placed within us and sow them back into the lives of people in the kingdom and make a difference. You'll be good at it when you identify your gift. Number two, you'll have an opportunity to use it because God never gives a gift without an opportunity. And when you identify that gift, find that place that you can use it. And there's plenty around here, but I don't want you just serving here. I want you serving on your jobs. I want you serving in your communities. I want us taking this gospel outside this building as much as serving here. You'll be energized by it because you'll love what you're doing. Go back to that kid zone and you're going to see some workers back there all over your children because they were born for that. While you're in here sitting going, I'm glad that ain't me. They're over there going, I'm glad it is. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I talk to some of our children. We praise them all the time. There's about 100 kids back there every Sunday. And, and we praise them and we thank them. And they go, couldn't do anything. I wouldn't want to do anything else but this. And they changed my life more than we changed theirs. The teachers tell us that all the time. They say, why? They were born for that. How many of you are glad you don't have to get up here and play an instrument? It wouldn't sound like that if I played it, I can promise you. All right, I, I can't, I wish, but I can't. That's not my gift, but I have to identify the gift and you need to start identifying and we'll help you do that and you'll be energized by it because you love what you do and you'll have the capacity to develop it into something great and that's what we wanna really help you understand is that God put that gift inside of you but God's got way bigger plans for it than what you even think right now because Jesus said, don't despise small beginnings and what you think might just be greeting at a door or starting a small group for hurting women or for addiction or for this or for that and, and working in your gift, who knows what that's gonna grow into and develop into. Because you have no idea because there's a world full of hurting people and God puts some gifts inside of you and you don't know what that meeting with three or four people that are hurting right now could turn into when all of a sudden more people find out about there's hope. And so we want to challenge you today is identify your gift and sow that gift back into the kingdom. And when you give your gifts into the kingdom, you're serving the kingdom. We also, we serve the kingdom through our tithes and our offerings and, and our generosity is the word I want to use in Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store. Now, we don't preach about money around here a lot, not as much as we should. We're not a begging church, and I'm not even talking about this right now because we need your money because we don't have to have your money to pay bills today. Usually when a pastor gets up and talks about money, it's like we're in trouble. We're not in trouble because this is a tithing church, and we're a giving church, and God takes care of us. But I'm bringing this today because we, we serve the kingdom by offering our talents and our gifts for God to use to bless other people and make the kingdom work. But we serve the kingdom through our generosity and through our giving. And God set it up in a structure that he said, I want you to bring me the first fruit. And that's the key word. The tithe means the first. That God said, all I'm saying is bring me the first. And he designates it as a tenth of whatever you make, whatever comes into your life, you give me the first tenth of that. Listen, God does not need my money. Heaven is not in an economic mess up right now. Heaven's doing really well. Matter of fact, the streets are gold up there, so I think they're doing all right, okay? God's not saying I need your money. He said, I want to know where your heart is because where a man's wallet's at is where his heart's at. 
And God said, I just want to know where I sit in your heart. Where am I in your life? Am I first? And God says, you, you serve the kingdom by bringing in that resource because how many knows it takes money to take the gospel around the world? And here, we practice what we preach. Our bookkeepers right here, she was in the first service when I preached this. When we take our offering today, tomorrow our treasurer will take that offering and the first thing she does before we pay payroll, before we pay electric bill, before we pay any bills in this church is she immediately takes 10% off the top and that goes to missions. Let me just show you, here's where some of your money's at right now. Right now, we have five of our people over in Peru that's them this week sharing the gospel with all these little children in the most poverty areas of Peru where they live in cardboard huts and, and houses. And here they are. Here's, some of, here's Sarah and some of the team. They're taking the walls up way up on top of a hill that you have to climb very steep. And through your ties, we took that tent and moved it over. We just built and provided two homes for families in Peru that were living in cardboard huts. They've got, they've got a house this week that they're gonna live in because of your giving. Here's Dakota, one of our young men with some of the little girls that are leaning all over him. And, and what is that saying? I didn't have to get up here several weeks ago and go, please, come on, give. We got an opportunity to build some houses. We just took it out of what you'd already given because it's there and it's already designated and we can write a check for a couple grand and build two homes in Peru and provide a home for a family that was living in a cardboard shack. That's why Jesus said, I'm asking you. He said, I don't need your money to make my kingdom work. He says, I'm asking you to serve my kingdom through your gifts and the talents that I place within you, but I'm also asking you to serve my kingdom through your generosity so that we can take the gospel to the rest of the world. And you're giving every week, it's not just Peru. We're, we're doing the same thing in Laos. We're doing the same thing in Vietnam. We're doing the same thing in Africa. We're doing the same thing in Israel. Every month through your giving, we're sowing outside of here. We're giving to families in this community that are in need. We're, we're bringing, bringing the gospel. We're part of an organization. We're planning over 10 churches every month in America, strong churches through your giving. And that's what Jesus is saying. You serve my kingdom through your gifts and your generosity and you make it work. And aren't you glad you're part of a kingdom like that that's changing people's lives? This week, this week, because this place is here, and how many knows this place isn't here without giving? Because this place was here, a young lady came, and I'm looking for her now, and she came, and then she came and met with me this week with her mother. And just weeks ago, she was in such a place of, of desperation and despondency. She had been in a three-year, extremely abusive, 21-year-old, beautiful young lady. Horrible, abusive situation. Had her such fear and depression that she was living, literally living in a closet at home, would not go out, just give up on life. But a friend invited her here four weeks ago, and she committed her heart to Jesus on that Sunday morning. And still scared and nervous, her mom called me and said, my daughter started attending your church and here's a little bit of her story. Is there any way the church can help us embrace her and get her out of this, this thing she's in? And I said, let's meet. And we met and, and in two hours the other day, our staff would tell you, man, I met with the mother and the daughter in there and God did such a healing in that, that young girl's life. It was like a total countenance change and a hope come alive in her 
And we immediately connected her with some of our other young mothers in this church that are connected with her now. They're already on the phone, and life's been restored in her. That wouldn't have happened had we were not some generous people kept some electricity on and some gospel going forward. And then a man came in here this week and met with me that I've known for years. This guy was like Mr. Atlas, man. He was a minister. I didn't even know it. And he had gone through a horrible situation in June. He pulled up to the egg and I in the parking lot and stuck a pistol to his heart and pulled the trigger twice and tried to take his life. But God had a different plan. And the bullet hit the rib before it hit the heart and ricocheted and went around the heart. And then the other one went in his stomach and he almost died, but God spared his life. And he came into this church. He used to weigh about 240. Now he's at about 135. But he came in with a new message, and he said, I need this house, and I need this family. And he was with us on serve day yesterday, going to the hospitals and giving hope to people that had given up on life. You got to keep the gospel going, and it takes the generosity of the body to keep it going. And I'm not up here begging for money because this church, the average church in America, 3% of the people tithe. And this church has always been 70, 80% or more of the people in this church tithe that are old enough to have a job. I'm not begging for your money today. I want your family blessed. And when you connect with God's principles, it opens the door of heaven for the only time God ever said to test him was with your money. And so I want to challenge you today that I serve God. I serve God through my worship, but I, I serve the kingdom through providing my gifts and making them available. How many appreciate the people that park cars and, and helped you in your park? How many appreciate the people greeting you at the door? How many appreciate the people out there sweating to death giving you a snow cone after church? Amen. All right, God bless them. Okay, and what is it? Everybody's operating in their gift. And then when we give, we have the opportunity to touch the world through the kingdom with the hope of Jesus. Then last of all, we serve mankind with our acts of kindness. We serve mankind with our acts of kindness. We serve God through our worship. We serve the kingdom through our, our gifts and our generosity. But we serve mankind through our simple acts of kindness. Matthew it says, you are the world's light. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to what? Everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That when we let our light shine and we understand that I serve God through worship, I serve the kingdom through my gifts and my generosity, but I serve mankind through my simple acts of kindness. I'm saved by faith, but I will be rewarded for my works. I will stand before God for that one day. And so I want us to look at this today because who, who do we serve? When we say mankind, who are we talking about? Number one, we serve my people. I'm called to serve my people, my people. Look at the scripture in Mark 5, it's in your notes. Go home to your family and friends. Now, let me just stop right there because if your people's identified by just color, you've missed the whole concept of the gospel. And boy, is that a common thing on social media right now? 
My people, my people, my people, my people are not white people. My people are whoever I live life with. I should have had more amens than that, but I'll keep preaching. I'm going to say that one more time. Your people cannot be identified by color only. Now, it does have an impact on it because that's usually your family or part of your family, all right? But it also says my friends, and that's who I live life with. So go home to your family and your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. We, we must understand that God has given every one of us a sphere of influence, a family, a group of friends that we live life with. And God is saying, I want you to go serve them. I, I want you to go do simple acts of kindness for them. I want you to go in the middle of this hate, fearful, and negative society and show a smile. Bring joy into an environment. Bring positive words of hope. Listen, everybody around us is here in the negativity. They're getting the message of fear and hate. They're getting the message of darkness. God is saying, I want you, my bride, my body, I want you to go get right in the middle of all that confusion and let a smile come forward. Let, let little simple acts of kindness take place. Just go out there and touch that environment of people that I put around you and where they're in fear and they're in negativity or they're in this situation and they're caught up in the confusion. I want you to come and bring hope. Bring hope and light to it. Touch your sphere of influence first, your family. Number two is we understand our place, my place. And can I tell you this? God has strategically, strategically placed you and I where we are and when we're here, right now. How many have been going like, God, why did you put me on this earth when it's so crazy? So much confusion and hatred and evil and all going on. Why did you bring me and my children into this world right now? Because he planned it from the beginning. Because he trusted that you and I could be the ones that could handle the gospel in the midst of such chaos and take it to a world that so desperately needs it. You're not here by accident. God designs you to be here right now for purpose. Are y'all with me here today? There's a hurting world out there, and I've been designated and designed by God to be a voice in it right now. And so have you. And we've got to come and realize this. Look in Acts 17, 26. I love this. From one man, he made all nations. From one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked, oh, you need to get this. He marked out their appointed time. God plans you for such a time as this. In history and the boundaries, get that one too, of their lands. That God destined you to be alive right now, to live in Pensacola, Florida right now. He designed and destined you to be on the job that you're at right now, for your kids to be on a certain ball team that they're on right now, for you to live in a certain area in a community of a city right now. God has designed the whole thing so that he could strategically place you and I in the right position right now so that we could make the impact that needs to be made on a hurting and a dying world right now. And while we're over here going, don't like it, don't agree with it, don't want it, God's saying, that's exactly where I put you. Now let's go do what I called you to do. Amen. Let's go do it. And you've got to understand that I, I'm going to bring simple acts of kindness 
in the environment and the place that God put me. I, I got to be a part of that yesterday, and I can only tell my stories, but uh, some of us, we went to the Baptist hospital and took a dozen donuts to all the uh, nurses' stations there. Courtney, I got your, your desk. They all said, thank you. I said, these are from Courtney. She goes to my church. And... Uh, but uh, she's a nurse over there. But I got to meet amazing nurses yesterday and talking to them, thanking them. And, and on the way out, I had a few dozen left. And so we went into the uh, uh, ER waiting room and met two beautiful families there and talked with them and gave them donuts and prayed with them. And on the way out, I'm going out the door. The cafeteria is right over there to the right. And, and all that, there's this t- two tables and this one huge family. They happen to be black. And, and I thought, what an opportunity for many reasons. And I had one dozen left. Didn't God like that? And there was about 12 of them. And, and so I stopped and, and of course they were like, you know, they don't know me and I know them. and I'm offering them food, you know, and you just don't take food from strangers and eat it, okay? And so I tried to tell them, I said, I know you don't know me and I know it's like, you're probably like, I ain't touching those, okay? But I'm a pastor and I told them what we were in the hospital doing and I said, I have a dozen left. would love for y'all to have them. Oh, that's kind of you. And the walls began to come down and obviously it wasn't all walls, just there. And, and I began to t- ask them, you know, do you have family here and the elderly lady right here, her husband's in there and he's in extreme serious condition. And she said, the doctors aren't giving me much hope. And, and so I just knelt down on the floor next to her and I pulled up Tommy, my son's pictures when he was given zero chance to live. And I said, I'm not playing God and I'm not here trying to be God. I just want to tell you they're practicing when he's the real physician and, and it's not over until he says it's over and tears become to down that little mom's face, that wife's face. And, and her family begin to listen to Tommy's story and tears begin to flow. And, and all of a sudden hope began to come alive, and, and I asked, can I pray with you? And they said, please, and I started praying with them. And when I finished, that wife stood up, and she came up and just hugged me and began to cry. And her family began to stand up and join. And not only did God do a healing, I believe, in a hope in her husband, but the, I believe there was a healing in many other ways. Because out there, they're trying to tell us that can't happen. Not supposed to happen. But their embrace of me made me go out to my vehicle going, you got this, God. You got this. Come on, you with me today? God put you. You got to look at every day for that given opportunity because I say this to my staff and my people, and they've heard this a million times, that every day I believe God has a supernatural connection, divine connection he's already set in place for us to connect with somebody that's hurting, somebody that's broken, somebody that's looking, and we can't get so busy that we miss it. Because God designed us. He set us in place where we are. He put you on that job for a reason. He put you in that neighborhood to live for a reason. Some of us are chasing money. Too many people are chasing money and leaving their purpose. But God said, if you seek first the kingdom, the purpose, he'll give you what the money was going to get you. You need to start realizing that God's got you in a specific place. He's designed you to be there. Seek that first. Why am I here and who else is here with me? And what impact can I make in their life? And let's make it for the kingdom and for the glory of Jesus. Amen? You with me with that today? And then number three and last of all is my passion. I impact mankind through my passion and every one of us in this room have passions. I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. I love to climb a tree 30 foot and sit in it all day long. Go Daniel. My wife makes fun of me. She's like, that is so boring. 
and her passion's shopping, and that's ridiculous. Who wants to go to a mall? I say, you go to a mall and you spend three hours bumping elbows with people you don't even know. And then you don't buy anything, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's good to every story. But I'm gonna hang with hunters and we're gonna fist bump. We're gonna talk bows and rifles and deer and mounts and tell a bunch of lies how big they were. And my wife don't care. You go shopping and she's with you. We have passions, right? And every one of us in here have passions. And God wants you to identify that passion that he's put within you. Some of you is music, some of you is children, some of you is a different job, some of you is occupation. Whatever that passion is within you, there's a whole group of people out there that have the same passion. They don't know Jesus yet. God wants you to take that passion you have and go connect with other people that have that same passion that aren't in the kingdom. And I'm not worried about them taking me into their sin. The devil needs to worry about me bringing them into the kingdom. And come with our passions and know that God wants us to touch mankind with our passions and finding other people with same passions as us. And that's why we have small groups and start a small group and get other people involved. And we're watching God so transform lives through our small groups right now, it's mind boggling. So I want to challenge you today. Find out your passion and connect with it. Psalms 37, 4, and I close with this scripture. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. We always misquote this scripture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire, desires of your heart. And we always say that, that if I delight myself in the Lord, God's going to give me whatever I want. That's totally out of context of what the scripture says. God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what that really says there is, the desires that you have, he gave them to you. It's not saying desire a $100,000 car and it's gonna be in your driveway tomorrow. It ain't happening. He's saying the desires you do have, the passions you do have, I put them there. And I put them there for a reason so that you could connect with other people with the same passion that don't want to go hear your preacher yet. They don't like your music yet. They don't even want to see your church yet, but they'll connect with your passion. Take them to a Waffle House, get them a cup of coffee, and share Jesus with them. Let them know that Jesus loves them just like he loves you. Make a difference. Make a difference in our world. And so I want to challenge you today in these three areas as we serve. Number one, let's make sure we serve God with our worship every day. And then when we come together, it ought to be crazy in here. Of just energy and worship to God. Number two is that we serve the kingdom. We serve the kingdom through our gifts and through our generosity. And number three, we serve mankind when we understand that God has placed a certain group of people in my life, my sphere of influence, and, and I, I'm gonna impact it with kindness. I'm gonna realize that God put me in my place where I'm at right now on purpose and he destined me to be where I am and everything that I'm in so that I can impact certain people that he put there too so they could hear the message from me. And number three is that I understand that my passions connect me with other people and I'm gonna serve them and let them see the hands and feet of Jesus in action. Why is all this important? We got a big announcement to make today. We're signing the lease on a brand new building next week. We are pumped. 
No more three services. Ooh. Hallelujah. We got a few pictures of it. Sanctuary will see 630. 32,000 square foot under roof. Anybody heard of a church called Brownsville? It's not the main building. Right across the soda is the old campus that's sitting vacant. And many know that when the revival ended and changes took place, Brownsville Hook hit a really financial hit. And they've struggled since then financially when they shouldn't have had to. And the building's been sitting vacant. And they need money and we need a building. And it's just a win for both. And what's happening, let me, I can't say everything because we're recorded. But the finance company that has their loan is also the finance company that's working with us. And they've agreed for us to go in there and rescue and help another church. They're paying for all the renovations that we need done. I mean, when does that happen? We're not going in to buy. We're, we were offered to buy it, but we're going to lease it because we don't know right now that's our permanent place. But Brownsville have open-armed us and saying, please come together and let's work together to change this community. Pastor Evan and I have become very close friends over the last few months. It's going to help them and it's going to give us a place. But here's another story. Right over here next to it was the gymnasium that Brownsville built during the revival. They sold it to the county to help them financially. It's now a community center. That they're about to put 1.2 more million dollars in a three million dollar building to upgrade it, full gymnasium, full commercial kitchen, and they're wanting it used for the community that we're going to be right next to. So we get a gym and a commercial kitchen without having to pay for it. And these guys are gonna have basketball leagues going in that gymnasium, bringing in the young men and women in that community free of charge. We're gonna have food kitchen and we're gonna be feeding kids in that community and we're gonna stop Escambia County from being the number one county in, a, in the state of Florida with the highest percentage of kids going to bed hungry. We're gonna be a part of stopping that. Amen. Yes, we are. And so I, I want you to just be praying with us and. We'll be meeting with our trustees tonight and finalizing everything, and we're gonna be signing the contract this coming week. We're gonna get the key to it in August. There's some renovation we're gonna to need to do, not a lot, so if you are good at any kind of construction, painting, did you hear the word good? Okay, <laughs> we really need you to know what you're doing, but if you don't know how to do that, you can help carry stuff to the dumpster. You can help do whatever, there's plenty to do trimming some bushes and stuff like that. But August, we're going to be working, working, working because mid-September, we want our grand opening to take place. And Pastor Joe Arminio are covering the church that wired down $170,000 without us asking and bought this building for us the second Sunday in August. Pastor Joe's coming to preach in this pulpit and speak a blessing and a word of blessing over this house. It's going to be a pretty awesome time. Amen. So how many is excited? We've been waiting a long time for this. And all parents, everything's under one roof. No more walking down. No more dead people around your children when they're in church and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be pretty awesome. But here's the reason I say that. We've got one door here. We've got four entrances over there. 
We have one sign-in for children here. There's going to be two big sign-ins for children over there. And we've got our computer systems here. And all parents, we're going to have computerized check-in for your children in nursery and in the children's ministry where you'll get the sticker and they'll get one on them, the whole thing. And, and if you, you're needed, we're going to, we've got the system already where they'll text you on your phone. You're needed and it just tells you to come back. It's all going to be awesome, top-notch. But that requires workers. We're going to need four times the ushers, four times the greeters, four times the parking lot. We're going to need four times. We're going to need many more people in our children's ministry. Guess what? There's like six small rooms that's going to be for our special needs ministry. That we're going to have them all set up differently for the need of the child. That's more workers, servers. You with me? And so here's all I'm asking now. Right now, I'm asking this church. They tell you not to do this, but I'm telling you, I'm so ready to see God blow up I mean, just so much happened in the kingdom. And, and with our children's workers, we're going to meet tonight for anyone in this church. We'll do it with others, but anyone in this church that'll say, I'd like to know more. I'm not committing right now, but I'd just like to know more about the children's ministry. I want to meet with you tonight at 6 o'clock in the back building and because we're going to have check-in. We need smiling, friendly people that just check encounters. You can hate children and still serve in the children's ministry. You can check them in and check them out and tell them bye on the way home and say, I didn't have to do a thing. Isn't that wonderful? Tim, I just signed you up, bro. Just signed you up. All right. Don't laugh, Neil. You're on there too. We're just not going to let y'all serve next to each other because I'm trying to build a church. But we're going to have a blast, man. We're going to impact thousands of lives with the hope of Jesus. I'm so excited, man. But you know what? That takes people that's saying, I'll serve. I'll serve. And I just want to ask you whether it's greeters, parkers, begin to pray. And if you've never gone through Grow Track, come out tonight at 301. And we're, we're going to do the giftings test tonight. And that'll identify your gift and list all because we're going to two services. We can seat everybody in one, but we're always going to have two services no matter what we get. So we can sit one, serve one. Everybody has the opportunity to sit in a service and just receive and then serve in a service and just give. And let's go make a difference in the lives of our community and the world. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you today and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your grace, for your love in our lives. Thank you, God, that you so love us, Father. And we thank you for the blessings that you're bringing upon us. God, we, we know, Lord, that you're giving us, you're trusting us with a, a, a greater challenge, God. I, I believe with all of our heart that we've tried to be as faithful as we could be with what we have here. God, I thank you for this dream team and people that have served so hard every Sunday, every week to carry these three services off, God. We've given you the best we could give you and I believe that you've seen that and you've trusted us and so now I'm gonna give you more because you've been faithful with the small. I'm gonna give you the big. And so God, I pray that you help us as a body that we grab hold of this message today as simple and as tangible as it is, God, that Father, you want our, our worship first. And I pray, God, before anybody puts a hand to serve in any way in this church, God, the first thing we do is honor you. And God, we honor the kingdom, Father, through our gifts and giving our gifts and our generosity and, and obeying your word. And Father, we understand today that you called us to just touch the lives of our, our surroundings, God, with simple acts of kindness. Just keep continue to bring us together as a body that, God, we can make a difference in this city and in the world. Right now, with every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I, I'm, I'm right at the beginning. I'm at the start. I don't know Jesus right now, but you know, I want to. 
And I'm ready for a new journey in my life. I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm not happy with where I am right now spiritually. Pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just slip a hand wherever you sit and you can put it right back down. And say, that's me today. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me. Anyone before we pray. Maybe online, you need Jesus today. We want to pray for you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart. Be raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart. You raised from the dead. I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's give Jesus praise today.